Alrighty, ready? Ready, Freddy. Let's do it. Got a timer today. Okay, here we go. Laughing at my burp. Yep. Here we go. Hey yo, I'm CK and you're listening to Practice. I'm your functional systems integrator, and this is my podcast where practice is not just the theme of the show, but the whole purpose behind it. What started out as a practice of podcasting, as well as speaking in general, has evolved into a practice of self-coaching and self-reflection while espousing half-thoughts and providing unsolicited advice. As always, I'm fortunate to be joined by my practice partner and partner in life, Pam. Hey, that's me. Pam is also my pattern awareness manager, and every Sunday we reflect on the past week and my progress with this practice, along with other lifestyle practices, as well as theories and ideas behind the virtues of practice itself. We're doing this on the fly, so don't hold me responsible for what I say here. Make sure to check out my show notes, where I'll provide some fact-checking, self-psychoanalysis, and commentary on things I could have done better. You may find this and more information about this project at forcesofequal.com slash practice. And we're recording today on Sunday, October 4th of 2020. This is practice session number 32. And I am just kind of all over the place again this week. (laughs) A lot of ideating going on, lots of thinking going on, lots of music this past week, especially yesterday. I guess it kind of ramped up to yesterday, which was very fun. Might talk about that a little more later. But real quick, Pam, how was your week? Uh, I had a (laughs) kind of a stressful week. Um, Mm -hmm. Just the first week of the month is always a little bit stressful with client work and reporting and whatnot. But add on top of that, I have had a nagging shoulder injury for coming on two months now. And it just kind of got to the point where it had worn me down so much that I mentally couldn't deal with anything else. And I was pretty grumpy. So um, I wanted to take a second to give some gratitude to you for being very kind all week and not making my crappy mood even worse and you know knowing <laughs> to just kind of give me some space to let me be grumpy i'm sure i couldn't have been as easy to live with as i usually am so, <laughs> so thank no you i don't for that. think yeah I, I don't think i think you handle it pretty well you kept it from affecting me and well, you know whatever i could do I, I i could tell that you were pretty frustrated and getting annoyed with it but yeah, I mean, thanks for recognizing what I was doing, but I, you know, I don't feel like I was doing very much. Well, that's exactly what you were doing, though, is not <laughs> making it worse, not like not not trying to help when I didn't want help, or you know, just kind of giving me some space to to be grumpy. <laughs> Sometimes that's necessary. Yeah, but the good news is that it's getting better, right? It is, yeah. Thanks to Dr. Google, I found a YouTube video from a physical therapist that um, within 30 seconds almost entirely cured my issue. So I'm pretty excited about that. And he's got a program that I might look into adding into my routine of all kinds of like uh, reparative moves like that to keep your body functioning as properly as possible so you reduce the chance of injury. Nice. Yeah. Well, maybe keep tabs on how that progresses. Yeah, if it works, <laughs> I'll uh, let people know what it is. Yeah. Just a quick update on me. I haven't really talked about my issue with my foot and my toe lately. So I still have not been back on the road or the trails yet. And 
but I'm kind of surprised how long it's taking my toe to heal. But I feel like I'm almost ready to try maybe running on the road again, maybe start out with a mile or so and see how that goes. But yeah, I mean, uh, trying to think of back when I broke that toe, I think it was maybe two years ago, three years ago. Mm, more than that, yeah. And I feel like I came back faster from that. Well, maybe not in terms of activity, but in terms of like pain and how it was feeling and how it was affecting me. So, yeah, I don't know. It's weird, but. Well, this is the second major injury on the same toe. So it's probably yeah. got lots oh. of scar tissue and stuff. So. Uh, I did go to the doctor. I don't know if I mentioned that a few weeks ago and I got x-rays and it ended up not being broken, which I thought was great, but <laughs> it still feels like it's just as bad or even worse. Uh, uh, supposedly, I might have t torn some ligaments and stuff like that. So anyway, it's starting to feel better and it, my left foot looks really weird with how <laughs> all my toes are and like the broken one and how they're all kind of the injured one is sticking to the ring toe and now there's a huge space between my second toe and the middle toe. It's my <laughs> foot looks pretty weird, but <laughs> I like it anyway. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move on to the quote for this week. And this week we are quoting Lao Tzu from the Tao Te Ching. And this is from Taoism, obviously. And the quote goes like this. When people see some things as beautiful, other things become ugly. When people see some things as good, other things become bad. And it's pretty simple this week. And I think it's the basis of the quote is fairly straightforward, where it's it goes along with pretty much everything that we talk about in terms of complex systems and spectral potentiality and perspectives and how there's a spectrum of options and also how, you know, as uh, someone sees something, you know, someone else might see it a different way. And so it goes along with our concepts with the forces of equal and Newtonian physics and, you know, uh, what's the, is it the third law? Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. <laughs> so it's, uh, we'll see if I can relate stuff throughout this session to that quote. But I mean, it's pretty basic, so you can pretty much relate most anything to it. It's basic, but there's so many different ways that you can look at it. Yeah. Like the way I was hearing it when you first said it before you explained all the other ways that you could look at it. I was just thinking mm -hmm. of it as duality. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, thinking about maybe like expectations in life, if you have an expectation of, of an outcome and that's what you consider good, then any other outcome would be bad. Right. So like labeling anything as good or, or bad automatically and by default creates the opposite being the other side of that spectrum, no matter what yeah. you do. Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that because I was kind of trying to convey that notion <laughs> and it just kind of started going into other things. But it 
also adds to what we've been talking about the past couple of weeks in terms of how we view things and how as humans we put boundaries on things and categorize things and there's this spectrum of language that we have to consider in terms of what that language actually means and what we're trying to say with it so it you know just goes into all this stuff and uh mostly perspective you know it all comes down to perspective and also reflection come that comes out of that so it's very much in line with what we've been talking about so we'll see if i can weave that in and i think i may be ready to start talking about form versus function okay and that's something that i mentioned maybe months ago now at this point that i wanted to talk about but it's all kind of lining up now and it feels like the right time to talk about it and not that i have all my concepts and theories solidified still abstract and still mulling things around but form versus function has been a big thing for me of course i call myself a functional systems integrator and historically i've seen myself as a very functionally strategic person mm -hmm. in terms of how i go about things and my work and my life and my routines and practices and all that stuff and i've kind of been neglecting the form aspect and i've previously i've thought that function was way more important than form and what i'm talking about is how some methodology or product or whatnot is functional and how it actually does what it's supposed to do or what you want it to do versus the form of it which is mostly has to do with how it looks and how it's portrayed i suppose mm -hmm. and so i think cars are a good example where the function of a car is for mobility and to get you from point a to point b and the form of the car is how it looks and the exterior and the interior and all the gadgets and little gizmos i guess gadgets have function too but at some point there's and the thing is there the form has function mm -hmm. and that's the thing that i've been realizing more and more lately because you know using the car example in my younger years i was very much into cars and i still have a ford mustang svt cobra which i still think is a pretty cool car and i you know I, just realizing that i'm saying that i i realized that i still have some kind of ties to the form of the car even and, though it hasn't been driven in two years so no one knows you have it no one sees you in it so it's not even functional yeah there you go <laughs> which is funny because i used to have this mindset where you know or now i've kind of cultivated this mindset mindset recently in recent years where i totally disregarded the form of cars and i kind of looked down on people who were all about 
the form and how the car looked and all that stuff mm -hmm. versus what the car is for. And I still do think, you know, there's a lot of inefficiencies or I'm not sure what the right word is, but pointlessness to some of the things that people want with their cars mm -hmm. and it gets out of hand or out of line and it, it gets to a mindset where it's not practical and it leads to maybe spending money on ground effects or a paint job or something that really doesn't matter in terms of the function of the car and it may make you feel better about the car but then why does that make you feel better you know why does it have to take that form and what is the actual value of you feeling better about how your car looks versus what your car does and is it because you want other people to think it's cool or you know does is there something about it that you think other people are going to think better of you because of it. Mm -hmm. So then you're thinking outside of yourself and you're thinking in the super system and now you're being dependent on the hierarchies above you. And so I'm kind of weaving in a lot of stuff that we've been talking about the past couple of weeks. So hopefully it makes sense. But that's kind of where I've been coming from in terms of this form versus function debate. And now I'm realizing that uh, so I've, in that sense, I've been thinking that function should take precedence over form, and that is the rational perspective. When form takes precedence over function, that's more of, it's irrational in terms of what the thing, in this case the car, actually does versus what you think it, you want it to do. And so that's more of an irrational perspective. But then when function equals form, that's what I think of as an optimal perspective so that the look of the car is equal to the performance of the car and it all kind of integrates and becomes very functional and practical and you know you can enjoy how your car looks at the same time as enjoying how the car performs and functions in your life so there's a balance there mm -hmm. and so i've been i so i've had that notion and i've been working with it for a while and i've kind of been always like you know form has to equal function or function has to be greater than form so basically in order to be optimal or progressive, function has to be equal to or greater than form. Okay. But now I'm starting to realize as I'm by associating these concepts with stuff like emotion versus reason and creativity versus objectivity, where like I was talking about in previous weeks, emotion lined up with creativity, whereas reason lined up with objectivity. And now in the same sense of the form function dimension, 
emotion and form lineup and reason and function lineup. So form has those aspects of emotion and creativity, whereas function has the aspects of reason and objectivity. And now as I've been growing more into this creative state and getting more in touch with my emotions and asserting myself and building up the form aspect so I can build it up to equal the function, I'm kind of realizing that form can be greater than function as long as it's pretty close. So it's kind of, you know, we can use my analogy of the momentum wave where you necessarily don't want to be hitting those peaks and the valleys or those extremes too often because it creates a very volatile progression. You want to try to get in that sweet spot of the wave, which is where you make where, where there's the most momentum. And so when we if we associate this with form versus function, rather than being on the extremes of form and function, you want to try to get them to equal out or close to equal out to each other. And in that sense, it's okay for form to be a little bit greater than function and vice versa, form to be a little less than function, which I've always considered as okay. But it's also okay that form is greater than function as long as they're close. And so I'm, I, I don't know if I'm articulating why this is important to me or important in general to consider. It sounds like what you're saying is that by having new experiences and exposing yourself to new information, you have um, altered your view. Yeah, definitely. I've definitely altered my view. And I, so, I mean, does my previous view and the evolution of that view make sense? Yeah, of course. So, do you also agree that, it, like, you want to have form and function be pretty close together in order for something to be effective and optimal? Yeah, there's uh, so many times when I complain, like, oh, this looks great, but it doesn't work, or this works, right. but, it, you know, it's terrible to use. So, right. yeah, absolutely. It should cool. be pretty equal. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a lot easier than I thought to get across. <laughs> so let's see, where can I go from there? Well, I think I, you are missing the nuance of what I said, that new experience, new information changed your perspective. Mm -hmm. Like that's something that we talk about all the time, that you, right. you have to have this spectrum of yep. information. And if you're if you, the, I think we talked about it last week, that your knowledge from the from the super system mm -hmm. is affecting the decisions that you make and the options that are available to you. So your information from your experiences hmm. was affecting the decisions that you were making. And simply by exposing yourself to new uh, new information, you've mm -hmm. changed one of your kind of principal beliefs. Right. Yeah, that is a very good point <laughs> and yeah i'm trying to wrap my head around it but yeah i mean it's what we've been talking about in terms mm -hmm. of 
being open and having open mind and being mindful of your experiences and of course learning and growing from new information so i guess that's this is just to exemplify how that can work and how you can evolve your thoughts and your mindset there you go and so yeah on that note i've still been experiencing a ton of synchronicity and i'm enjoying arthur kessler's the act of creation a lot and it's that it's going to take me a long time to get through as well as i mentioned his the book i read previously the ghost in the machine took me about a year to read through and that's just one because i just kind of developed that practice of reading a little bit of it in the morning during my morning routine but for two it's so dense and complex that it's beneficial for me or i feel that it's beneficial to just take it a little bit at a time and to kind of process it slowly because i'm sure a lot of the things that i talk about are pretty complex and you know i'm i'm not able to articulate it as succinctly as i'd like to and that's almost kind of a reflection or an extension of how just how complex all this stuff is so you know it's it's useful or i, I think it's productive more productive to take it a little bit at a time mm-hmm. so yeah i'm experiencing a ton of synchronicity with that and i'm still enjoying all of kessler's concepts and it feels like they're all fitting in and i'm still making more connections with my own concepts that i've been developing and that i've been talking about and one of the things that i realized was that of course i introduced myself as a functional systems integrator and as i've been thinking about all this stuff around complex systems and integration and the headless way i'm realizing that all this stuff that I've been kind of conceptualizing which has been very intentional in terms of language has starting to has been starting to crystallize so functional systems integration is something I came up with maybe 2 years ago 2 or so years ago and even then and even now i i i've still kind of been saying you know i don't even know what it means i just kind of made it up and i'm just kind of developing it but it's now it's making even more sense to me and even those words functional systems integration makes perfect sense with everything that i've been learning and studying lately and especially with the headless way and what i've been talking about with complex systems and the hierarchies and the subsystems and the supersystems like these are the functional systems that i'm trying to integrate <laughs> and so it's it's crazy that it's all coming together and it makes sense and so yeah i'm just experiencing still experiencing all the synchronicity and i even came up with a little logo design for functional systems integration that I'll have to show Pam and maybe I'll post it somewhere at some point but it totally integrates 
everything that I've been thinking and studying and everything that I feel like is coming out of this, it just totally integrates all that perfectly. And this is where the form and the function comes together <laughs> equally for me. So yeah, I'm kind of excited to show you that. I forgot to show you it before, but yeah, that's kind of where my head's at now and where everything's going. And let's see, where can we go from here? Pam, do you have any input or anything you want to talk about? Mm. <laughs> no, I don't really have anything. Yeah? How's Gorby doing? Um, he's with you, so I don't oh, know. Oh, I forgot. He's, <laughs> oh, he's just chilling. So we're watching one of our favorite doggies today, Gorby. And we have him for a total of two weeks, so it's uh, we get to spend a lot of quality time with him. And now mm -hmm. he's just chilling. He's laying down. I forgot he was even in here. We wore him out. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he loves to play. He plays way more than he should. He, yeah. he doesn't have that governor, that central governor. Mm -mm. He just keeps running and running and then takes him like an hour to catch his breath. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. Okay, so let's see. What else can we talk about? Um, I can drop in the the astrology note for yeah, the day, which is absolutely. that um, Pluto just stationed direct, so it's been retrograde for a little while, which kind of, um, Pluto is the planet of um, kind of like uh, your ultimate dreams and a little bit of like illusion and trickery, and it can be kind of a a nasty planet sometimes. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. But anyway, it's been retrograde, so it's kind of been holding us back from from moving forward. And now that it's stationed retrograde, it is really associated with um, big transformations and uh, potentially a change of power on a mm -hmm. large scale. So um, that could be interesting with what is going on politically this week. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And Man, what's going on politically is just crazy. So, yeah. who knows? Uh, and the, the, that's the thing. Like, there's so much uncertainty with all that right now. And yeah, because we're not getting any reliable information. Like, we can't trust anything that's being said. So, even though, like, there's the regular uncertainty of the president being in the hospital. And then on top of right. that, there's the uncertainty of our administration <laughs> and what they're yeah. like. Yeah. And that just goes to show, like, I, you know, we don't want to get into the politics, but it goes to show how things can develop from one piece of information or, you know, just a certain nugget of data somewhere. And it, if things, and this all goes back to the language and boundaries and how human, the human brain categorizes things and, you know, you have to be mindful of where things, where information is coming from. Because if you start with that one little small nugget of information that turns out to be wrong, and everything that you've developed from that one <laughs> little nugget that is wrong is going to be inherently wrong from that, then, you know, everything that you've developed from that little one nugget is wrong. So, yeah, we just have to remain mindful. What was the quote? Uh, if you want to improve, 
you have to um holy cow i'm totally blanking blanking um give me a second uh so i'll paraphrase it's it's like if you want to improve you have to uh oh oh my god i'm totally blanking i can't think right now uh if you want to be if you want to (laughs) improve you have to um something about being comfortable of being thought of as stupid oh not today's quote the quote from right right right. weeks ago yeah Um, yeah you have to uh, become comfortable with being thought of as stupid. Yeah, something. Oh, I, don't I have to look it up now. <laughs> Hold on, one second. I know this is great radio. If you want to improve, be content to be thought foolish and stupid. Oh man, I can't believe I couldn't remember that. Mm-hmm. All right, I still so I'm still working on my speaking and talking, and yeah, I mean, if we weren't doing this, I could just come up with it right away on the fly. So that's kind of weird to think about, but I'm mindful of that, and I still have work to do in terms of being in the moment and trying to recall stuff out of that brain up there or my <laughs> brain up there. <laughs> it's getting weird now (laughs) i think we're getting close to finishing up here and what was i talking about anyway we were talking about um politics and how uh you have to be mindful Uh, of the information that you are um paying attention to and that um one piece of information can change your entire view right yeah because there's a lot more ways to be wrong than to be right. (laughs) So really interesting. (laughs) So yeah, so, you know, if you go into the mindset, into any situation that you could be wrong, then that's the path toward improvement. Hmm. Because once you think you're right all the time, then you fall into a rigid cycle of thinking. In psychology, it's called psychological rigidity, where you can't think outside that thought process and you can't consider other perspectives, then of course you lose empathy, you lose theory of mind, you lose compassion. And as I've talked about before, when you get into a rigid thought process, that's the path toward death. You know, when you can't adapt, then you're unable to function in a changing environment so yeah i think we can leave it off there (laughs) cool (laughs) so i want to thank the listeners for joining me again this week and of course pam for joining me like every week (laughs) and before we leave off pam where can people find you you can find me far too often on twitter at pamela underscore lund are you on there all the time now yeah <laughs> yeah, maybe. So maybe it's good that I'm not on there. <laughs> yeah, create a little balance. <laughs> so maybe you'll find me on Twitter at CK Disco. And do I say anything else? I guess, uh, yeah, just 
Thanks for listening, and I hope you come back next week and keep on practicing. Toodaloo!